Welcome to The Light Within, a podcast for anyone seeking to rewrite their life, live in their light, and align with their soul's highest purpose. I'm Leslie Draffin. I'm a certified microdosing practitioner, menstrual cycle coach, and feminine embodiment mentor. And I'm on a mission to break taboos around women's bodies, periods, and psychedelics. On this show, we're exploring all things spirituality, sexuality, mysticism, and empowerment. Come along as I interview other coaches, teachers, healers, and thought leaders about all the ways we can feel more tuned in, turned on, and lit up AF. If you're on a journey towards self-discovery, you've come to the right place. This is The Light Within. Hello, beautiful beings, and thank you so much for joining me for this episode of The Light Within. I am so excited about our chat today with Emma O'Brien, who is an award-winning dog photographer and also a personal development coach. Now, I connected with Emma a few weeks ago when I was on her podcast, and so today I am so excited to talk about all of her gifts and especially about a topic that I feel really passionate about. You guys know this stress, overwhelm, and beating the addiction of busyness. Yeah, as we head into the holiday season, I feel like this is a perfect conversation to be having because so many of us really, really, really get stressed out. We really get very busy during a time of the year when we're supposed to be enjoying ourselves and relaxing. So I know you're going to love this convo with Emma. Now, Emma is a coach who specializes in helping people who are stuck either in their life direction or patterns of thinking, as well as supporting folks who are navigating big life changes. Her work centers around facilitating mindset and lifestyle changes so her clients can design and build lives they don't want to escape from. So I know you're going to love this episode. Before we jump in, though, just a couple of really juicy housekeeping notes. So on the theme of this conversation today, which is stress, which is busyness, I want to invite you to a special 90-minute experiential class with me, Holiday Harmony. This is going to provide you some somatic practices to help you navigate seasonal stress and really be a wonderful tool to help you go through the holidays less stressed out and also enter 2024 with less stress, with less on your plate, with some tools that are really going to help you navigate whatever comes up in the new year. So join me on December 4th at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time for this epic 90-minute experience. You can sign up in the show notes below. The other thing I am so fucking excited to share with you is my group membership program, The Sanctuary. This is happening in January, and I am just so thrilled to share with you all of the details. The Sanctuary is a soul-stirring journey back to yourself to reclaim your body's sacred wisdom, activate your passion, and heal alongside a sisterhood of divine feminine beings. Inside, you'll receive two monthly powerful live integration sessions with me, along with a framework focused on embodiment practices, pleasure rituals, psychedelic magic, and womb reconnection. This is the group membership for any mystical soul-led woman who wants to remember her holiness heal from trauma in an embodied way, and explore the depths of her psyche while connecting with what it truly means to be in a feminine body. 
the sanctuary, a container for worshiping the goddess within, launches in January. And the best place for you to get all of the details is to join my email list. Not only will you have the details first and the chance to sign up first, you'll also be gifted with some really juicy offerings for getting in on the founding member level and you will get the chance to save a little money on this membership as well. It is already going to be my lowest ticket price, and those on the email list who get my Micro Musings newsletter every week will have all the juicy details first. So sign up for that email list in the show notes below. All right. Thank you guys for listening to those two super juicy and exciting announcements. And now let's get into this interview with Emma O'Brien, all about how to get over the addiction of busyness. Well, thank you, Emma, for being here on the show. I am so happy to have you here. Thank you very much for inviting me, Leslie. I'm really looking forward to our chat. So the first thing I ask all of my guests is, what ignites your light within? So um, I'm going to say dogs um, ignite my light within. And um, swimming with humpback whales has been a, a big thing for me this year. That was on my vision board at the beginning of the year, and I've done that a couple of times. So, um, so slightly random thing to completely light me up. It's one of those things that is absolutely marvelous and utterly terrifying all at the same time. I, I think this is definitely the most unique answer that I've gotten. I mean, <laughs> yeah, someone wants to tell me that sailing, but oftentimes it's very related to work. And so I love that this is something that outside of what I know your work does, which is light you up. These are two very specific things. Um, God, I just want to ask so many questions about those whales, but we'll leave that for a different time. So for those folks who don't know you, um, introduce yourself and tell us more about the work that you birthed into the world. So I'm Emma O'Brien. I'm a professional dog photographer, and I'm also a personal development coach. And as a coach, I specialize in helping people get unstuck. So whether that is unstuck from stress and anxiety thought patterns, or whether that's unstuck from literally hitting a wall in life and not knowing what to do next. So my work centers around facilitating mindset shifts and lifestyle changes. So my clients can learn to manage stress and anxiety better um, and uh, fundamentally create lives that they don't want to escape from. So important to, to, to be kind of working from a space of enjoying life. Life is short. We're, we're, we're very lucky to have this time, um, you know, in this human existence. And I, I think we should be making the most of it, really. Absolutely. So what led you to the work, especially around um, getting people unstuck? I think, like many, many people who are coaching, it's my own journey of being stuck. And being in a space with my photography business um, sort of seven years ago now of literally on a hamster wheel doing kind of what I'd always done, but it wasn't working. I don't know that it ever really worked apart from at the beginning of my business and just working constantly, being creatively very unfulfilled, knowing I needed to change something, but having absolutely no idea what to change. And I stumbled across a business coach. I didn't even, I didn't know about business coaches. I didn't kind of have a light bulb moment. Oh, I could get help. I just sat struggling. And it's my own journey of, of kind of going from being really stuck and really burnt out to 
effectively complete, completely changing the way I did business, which changed the way I've done life. It's changed the way I prioritize things. And I know that it's possible to not be on that hamster wheel all the time, but I think a lot of people are stuck there. So it's really been my own journey of discovery and change and self-development that's led me to where I am now with with coaching other people around it because I see so many people are just stuck and exhausted and fed up and and unhappy and I'm here to 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 help people get unstuck and feel happier yeah and I think you really said it really well I mean sometimes we feel this whole stuckness and have no idea what to do next. And so I love for us to talk a little bit about, you know, some places that you really do focus on stress, overwhelm, you know, as my own story, really um, last year being a deep year of burnout for me, which is why I left my TV job. So Mm -hmm. let's just start about like stress and overwhelm, because I feel like sometimes we think those things are the same. Are they the same? What are we getting wrong about the way we look at stress and overwhelm? I think we're getting it wrong and that we're accepting that it's normal we're accepting it's just part of life and that's just how it is and life has to be hard and I don't think it does but I I think unless you know how to do things differently you can't change it I think in life any sort of stress is is in parts of life is normal we all have periods of time where it's really busy at work or there's something going on in our personal lives that we have extra pressure which is what I would I would say stress is really it's external pressure to get things done. Stress can be a good thing to get deadlines met, to make things happen. But I think it becomes overwhelming when it never stops and you're not able to switch off from it and you're lying awake at night thinking about it and all the things you haven't done and all the things you need to do. And I think it's that, well, I don't think, I know, it's that prolonged being stressed out and overwhelmed for an extended period is what leads to burnout. You know all about it. I know all about it. And being burnt out is such an unpleasant place to be. I can honestly say it was the lowest point of my life so far. It was worse than being divorced. Because <laughs> at least with a at least with a divorce, you're like, oh, excellent, got rid of that shitty ex. At least there was some kind of you know positive to it. But 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 burnout, I literally you know, I'm a very capable person. I've usually got a handle on things. And I was just literally lying in a heap on the floor crying and thinking, I don't even know what's going on. Why am I like this? And it was, honestly, I mean, I, I it, it was catastrophic for me. I mean, it was a life-changing moment. But at the time, I can remember, I have never felt so unhappy, miserable, and just like wanting to end everything, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that too. And so your burnout, was this before the pandemic? Yes, it was before the the pandemic. So I'd got to the end of 2015 and I'd started to get very fed up with my photography business because I was literally working seven days a week. Some weeks I would have eight to 10 photo shoots in a week, which is ridiculous. And I it's a lot. And some some days I'd have four photo shoots in a day and I'd be congratulating myself for, oh, look how busy I am. But I was flat broke and exhausted and I had shitty clients because unfortunately, when you are trying to do that much work, you can't be present with clients. You can't do a really good job, which I wasn't doing. And it was literally getting from one photo shoot to the next photo shoot. 
And I just thought, I actually can't do this anymore because I, um, I'm a creative person. That's why most people go into jobs like photography or art is because you like creating. And I thought, I've just killed the creativity bit here because I'm just, I'm, I'm so stuck. So I'd got to that point and I'd started working with a, with a coach. And I think it was a culmination of this great big crash of so much work and never to, I didn't stop never taking a break because I was working from the, from, from the belief system. If I don't work, I don't get paid, mm-hmm. which I think a lot of solopreneurs can get stuck in that mindset of, I can't stop. You know, because and you hear it, if you don't, you know, you don't work, you don't earn. So, of course, you're constantly frightened of not earning money. I had nothing in the bank. I had no savings. I mean, it was it was a total shit show, to be honest. And I started working with the coach and we started making changes. And I think it was at that point I sort of dropped off the edge of the cliff, really, because I think everything just got way too much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think what's interesting, too, about your story is there's this perception that you won't get burnt out if you're doing what you love. Mm-hmm. And that's just not true. It's just no. not fucking true because I really did for a long time, love being in the news industry until the trauma of that got to me. But still, even within, you know, I see my husband who really loves what he does. We own a food truck and you talking about this. And so many people that I've spoken to, like, just because you love what you do does not mean you won't necessarily get burnt out if you don't know what the hell to do about that. Absolutely. I think that's the thing. It's about managing it. So it's been interesting for me with that whole journey with my photography business of starting my coaching business is I've started it as I kind of as I mean to go on mm-hmm. with making sure I've got bags of time between coaching clients because I want to be present for my clients. I'm not interested in being a cheap coach that has 10 back-to-back appointments a day. I'm interested in being an excellent coach who can hold space and give time to people and not be exhausted. You can't coach people effectively. Actually, you can't do anything effectively if you're exhausted. And I think the from a, a personal perspective, being exhausted like that is so bad for your health. It will make you sick. Mm-hmm. 100%. That was the first thing I, I didn't even know. Um, that I was experiencing burnout until I was sick for three and a half months at the beginning of 22. <sighs> Thought it was COVID, but it was just this horrific upper respiratory infection that I just couldn't get rid of. And I think it was also, I live in central Texas in the States where allergies are like the highest. So it was that too. But like, also it was the fact that the pandemic and the additional stress and the fact that I, although I was doing deep inner work on myself, really didn't understand boundaries or how to make life less stressful and how to change my mindset around things. So I'm so glad you pointed that out. Um, And so you also mentioned something else about this, how you were congratulating yourself for your busyness. And I feel like so many people, and this is the problem with boss babe energy, which needs to get the fuck out of the way. Like (laughs) the badge of busyness is like nothing but a patriarchal way to make us feel like we're somehow succeeding, but in reality, like we have been talking about, you're just hurting yourself. You're probably fucking up your business and it's just not sustainable. So why do you feel like, and obviously we're both people who are women. Um, do you feel like women especially get addicted to busyness? I think so. And I think there are a few reasons for it. So I found with my photography business and and it's been, I've seen it repeatedly Especially, you know, I'm in South Africa, you've got an economy that's very, there's a very big 
diet, you know, a big range between people who have and people who haven't. I mean, there's a massive chasm there. And I'll have lots of people say, oh, you know, you're lucky to be so busy. Uh, okay. Okay. Yep. Um, you know, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be complaining about having too much work. I mean, I, I, I'm very conscious of not, compl- I, I don't tend to word it like that these days at all. Um, but you'll, I, that's things I heard. You're very lucky to be so busy. Gosh, you're very successful, aren't you? And, and I think it's an ex, it's partly an external measure of success. People see from the outside, oh, you've got loads of clients must be doing really well. Actually, now I've got loads of clients because I've got my pricing completely wrong. That's why I'm so busy. And I think that's that's such an important point with, with running your own business. I think also busyness for women can be a distraction from our inner feelings. I think sometimes we make ourselves very busy because we don't want to deal with our stuff. And it's a great distraction, whether that's internal stuff that you haven't processed or whether that is being in a shitty marriage, whether that is some sort of stress somewhere else, then it's just a distraction from. Um, I know when when I was get, getting divorced, I, I threw myself into work. And it's really funny because um, I was talking to my dad at the time about it. I mean, this was when I was in my early 20s. And he said, well, you know, the one thing I found when I've been stressed in life is I just throw myself into work. Yeah. And, and there you go. There. <laughs> Thanks, dad. Great advice. But um, and it's just a distraction. And I think the other piece of being very, very busy is also not having great boundaries and not having great time management skills. So mm-hmm. there's a, a few pieces I've thrown at you there, because I think there's there's quite a few there can be quite a complex set of triggers that stack up to make us get into that really busy, addicted space. Yeah. And I think what you said about having those comments come, oh, you're so lucky that you're so busy or you're, or it's so fascinating to me too, because it's like, it is such a revered thing in our society to be a hustler, to Mm -hmm. be an overachiever, um, to be a perfectionist, to be someone who is constantly throwing themselves into their work. Like how many times have that, like, I just remember growing up, like those were the things that you like we're striving for, um, at least in my, my brain, um, which is why I'm a recovering perfectionist right now. So it's just (laughs) interesting, right? Like, yes, all these ways to distract yourself by being busy. I love that you pointed that out. And I know for myself, it really came from a deep inner feeling of unworthiness. And I needed Mm -hmm. to prove how successful I could be because that's when you were going to love me. And that's when I was going to be worthy. And that's why when I left, it came crumbling down. (laughs) Yes. And I, I can totally relate to that because I think for me, it was an external validation thing of I've got look at all these clients who were booking me. I must be really great. Actually, no, it's just because I'm really cheap. And it's it's to, it took that it was a huge amount of work and a huge mindset shift to get to the point of I actually want far fewer clients I charge far more. I have a more spacious life, mostly. Um, sometimes it does get crazy busy, but um, but it's just it was having that having that space in there. And I can remember somebody somebody saying to me, um, oh, uh, with the photography, oh, I was it? Uh, you know, your work's really great. Um, I thought your prices were really quite reasonable. I thought you'd cost more, and I thought mm, probably time to put the prices up if I'm having that kind of feedback because it I shifted from. And again, this was a huge amount of 
coaching and inner work that I did, I shifted from, ooh, look how popular I am, to someone made a comment about, ooh, you're cheaper than I thought. So, oh, bloody hell, don't want to be thought of as cheap. So, and it was just, but that's about learning to value yourself. It's about learning to step up, take up space, value the work I'm doing, and actually start to have a look at, I don't want to be living to work, which was what I was doing for a long time. I've got other stuff I'd like to be doing, like swimming with humpback whales, you know? So, so is, let's <laughs> so get the priorities straight here. <laughs> and, and you mentioned something I think that's also really hard for a lot of women. It's to raise those prices. It's to mm. name your worth. And regardless of whether you're an entrepreneur or you're someone in the corporate world, I remember the sheer terror I would have it going into contract renegotiations when I was in television, mm. asking for like a 3% raise. Yeah. Like, and it was just having to really start looking at um, what helped me, honestly, was how much I was giving to this job personally mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. knowing that that was what helped me. Now, was that the best way to go about doing it? Absolutely not, because I was not in the right mindset in a lot of those negotiations. But I do love that you mentioned the fact that like learning to raise your price is not something that's easy for some people. And it does yeah. take time and it takes fucking up. It takes fucking up. And you know what it also takes is some is some financial management to get yourself some money in the bank so you have a buffer because invariably when you put your prices up, you will have a load of people who would have booked you at your other rates go, mm, you're just too expensive for me now because it takes a little while, I think, to shift into up-level yourself to that value when you put prices up. And I've, I, at the, you know, the point I had this whole burnout coaching, life-changing thing, I started, I opened a savings account and I started putting money away and I started getting way more savvy about what I was doing financially because it's much easier for me. I've got a, 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 a sizable buffer in my bank account. So I know I don't have to take every single job that comes in. Whereas before, you know, 2015, I had, I, I was literally hand to mouth with my work. So I couldn't afford to say no to stuff. So anybody listening is thinking, oh, that's really great for you putting your prices up. It is hard. And I think it does take some, some strategic planning, um, especially I'm somebody who, you know, financially, I feel far more secure if I know I've got a chunk of money. I'm, I'm not someone who'll go and blow all of my savings on, on something. Uh, you know, just on on a on a whim, um, or or I'll take a chance on that. I'm very uncomfortable doing that. So, mm -hmm. I think it's having that financial confidence to know that if you don't have work for a month, it's okay. I mean, I had when I put my prices up with my photography business. I can tell you, I sat for six weeks with no bookings, and I can remember thinking to myself, this coach. And all her advice, she's ruined my business. And actually, she just said to me, do you know what? Do you want to go back to where you were? No. So she said, just sit tight. Yeah. Just sit tight. So we sort of white knuckled for six weeks. And then I had three bookings on one day Yeah. at my new prices. And I think something, you know, it's not even just related to money, but the sitting tight the mm -hmm. sitting tight in the uncomfortableness and <laughs> sitting in the shit is usually what I tell clients. It's like, that is so uncomfortable for people who are addicted to busyness or who have been yeah. raised to think that if I'm not doing, I'm not succeeding, I'm not worthy. And so yeah. that has been my biggest lesson this year. Um, and so I'm so glad that you put pointed that out, like having to 
having to be okay with the books not coming, like the bookings not coming through or mm-hmm. the clients not coming through. It mm-hmm. feels terrible. It's it horrible. Feels terrible. It feels, it feels terrible. And also what I can say to this is like my best work comes out of those fallow times mm-hmm. when I'm like, okay, like, how are we going to move through this? And what am I going to do? And, and seeing, I think that's that phase, my mindset shift was instead of seeing it as I have no clients, I have so much free time to create mm. something magical because I can give myself the space I would give to those clients. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And it takes, I think it takes a while to do that. So, um, the photography business wise every year because it's winter in you know J- june and july it's very cold here and well very cold it's all relative really cold uh-huh. by african standards but it doesn't rain where i am so outside it's brown it's miserable people sort of seem to hibernate and 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 hunker down and nothing much happens so i don't have much photography work in june or july it took me about that I think that probably the past three years I've gone, oh, this is good. I've got a gap. But I can tell you year on year before I became quite cognizant of it, I just sit and panic and oh, there's no business coming in. And what am I going to do? And then all of a sudden you'd hit kind of mid-September and it goes mad. And I'd be like, oh, damn it. Why did I not just pull the gap, you know? And and I think you're right. Is sometimes we have to just learn to to sit with it, not be frightened by it and trust that the space is opened up perhaps for a reason. Mm-hmm. I think nothing creative comes when you're busy all the time. We need room for our creativity. We need room for ideas to come in and room to explore. And I've also kind of, I think, got a bit in tune with the the seasonality of it here. And I've realized that in winter here, it is cold. You know, we've got houses that are geared up to keep the heat out, not keep it in. We don't have central heating or anything. So it's bloody freezing. For three months, we sit being cold and I don't do as much. And I've actually got okay with that. It's okay. I'm okay. All the trees outside are all taking a break. So I can also take a break. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. So let's go back and talk a little bit about how we actually start shifting our mindset, right? Mm. If we're someone who either is experiencing stress or overwhelm, if you're listening and you're someone who feels like you're addicted to busyness, what are some of the things that you can help us um, do a couple of actionable steps to like really start to shift our mindset around thinking that that's the way life has to be. Um, but internally, when we know like it can't survive this way. I think the first thing is to start to get in tune with what's going on internally, because generally that sort of stress and overwhelm doesn't feel good. Um, I think you can start to feel where does that sit in your body? Uh, You know, do you get are you getting tension headaches? What are your what's the physical stuff that's happening? Because I think our bodies tell us an awful lot about the the, what's going on in our brains before we perhaps realize. I had a, a client I was working with a while ago to help her with her stress and anxiety. And we started doing what I'm going to share with you as a, a heart math breathing technique. And literally in the coaching session, we did this and she just went, oh, oh. I think I've just realized that I have not been cognizant of anything that's been going on from my neck downwards. That's first of all, all of my, I have so many clients who say the same thing. Okay. I can't wait to see this, this, this strategy then. Cause that's fascinating. Yeah. And I used to be yeah. the same way. 
Oh, me too. Absolutely. Just, just, you know, ignore the kind of tight chest, fluttering, headache, kind of not sleeping, constant spasm. Um, so, so I think that's the first thing is to get in touch with it. Because once you know what that effectively stressed feeling feels like, when you get to a stage of calm, you can start to become aware of when the stress feeling is coming in. Because when we're aware of it, we can change it. Um, and one of the simplest things I can share is literally just to calm your breathing down. So there's a, a heart math technique called heart focus breathing, and you literally sit quietly for two minutes, concentrate on your, your area around your heart. Imagine you're breathing in and out of it, breathe in for five and out for five and literally just slowing your breathing down. Imagining, you know, it's a bit of a meditative kind of thing and you only have to do it for two minutes. And the the general thing with that is to do it for two two minutes, three times a day. Because I imagine anyone who's stressed and overwhelmed listening to this probably doesn't have a meditation practice. So it's a, but it's a really easy way to just start to calm your overactive nervous system down. And when we start to, to calm it down, we start to be able to think more clearly and, and focus better and start to sort of become aware of, like I say, physically what's happening. And I think the other thing to think about is what would I like instead of this crazy, hectic, stressful schedule I've got? What would I rather be doing? Because I think we don't ask ourselves that enough. Yeah. I think for me, and I was talking to my husband about this last night, because we, we check in a lot, you know, we're both entrepreneurs now. It's super stressful having two people whose income is very, you know, uh, reliant on bookings and, and he's a, selling food on the food truck. And I always check in with him and we were talking last night and it was like this whole idea of, I want to be as secure as I possibly can with working the least amount I possibly can so that I can actually live my life. And I think the mm -hmm. pandemic for me really showed me that that is what matters. Like it's not having these like, and, and I think on the online coaching space, you'll see people that are like, I had a six figure day or what the fuck mm -hmm. ever they're talking about. Right. And it's like, and for me, I want to be able to like actually live. And I think maybe yes. that comes from the fact that I was in such a state of not living for a really long time. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I love this getting, getting present, getting quiet and like understanding the sensations and how that applies to the, the stress or how that applies to the feelings of overwhelm or the feelings of worry. Um, mm -hmm. and then choosing something else or, or, or really mapping out a life that feels yeah. good for you and letting yeah. your definition of what success means be very personal to you yes. versus what you think it needs to be based on what society says it is. And that's tough. It is tough. And I think it's tough when we're in a world with social media, like you say, when, when you're in, in the coaching space and you've got these people who are like, yo, slay. And, um, I, you know, I did, I'm doing a billion dollars. Okay, great. But for most people, that's not realistic. And I think about, I look at some of these people and I think, you know, like earning a million dollars a year, it'd be quite good because I could go on lots of trips to Mozambique. Um, and I could do lots of things, but could you? Because can you imagine a million dollar plus business, how many team members you have to have? You'd have to have somebody manning all of your socials all of the time. I don't, uh, that amount of crazy 
work and just doesn't appeal to me. Like you say, I, I've got, I, I've prioritized being able to spend time with my parents. So we, my parents are in the UK, my daughter's in the UK. And last year, my stepmom died from, from cancer. And I hadn't been home since 2019. And I can remember, and this is something that, that's been a big lesson for me as well, I almost went for a trip home in 2019 and I thought, mm, you know what, I'm going to go next year. We all know what happened next year, don't we? And yeah. I couldn't get back. And then the South African rules here got crazy. So it wasn't really until the beginning of 2022 that I could get home. And I managed to see my stepmom before she died. Um, and I saw my, me and my parents for the first time in three years. And I just thought, you know what? there's something really wrong with this picture here is we all want, I think the pandemic taught all of us, you can't make an assumption about anything to be quite honest that uh, <laughs> not wanting to live really fatalistically, but, but it made me very um, cognizant of actually what's important to me. And, you know, my parents are in their seventies now, the time is going to be limited to an extent. So I've made a made going home at least twice a year to spend time with them. It's a priority for me. So I've started to look at how can I shift the business around that. So again, that's one of the reasons of of setting up an online coaching business. It means I can I can travel and I can I can work. I'm not stuck here. And it's just prioritizing what's important and not taking for granted that there'll be another chance to do it, which is I think what we do when we get into this busy work addicted state there's more to life than than work there really is and i think it's it's really getting clear on what's important to you and how can you start to fit your work around that yeah and i guess and maybe this is a silly question to ask but what what would you say to people who don't really know what it is for them right like for me sometimes I'll do, so in the beginning of my spiritual journey, I was like learning manifestation and it was like, okay, even in the beginning of my coaching. And I've even worked with some coaches who were like, you know, think about like when you're making a million dollars and what are you dressing like? And what are you? And I'm like, okay. And so I would like write this out and I'm like, okay. And that would like be my script writing. And it took me a while to be like, wait a fucking second. Like, do I even give a shit about making a million dollars? Like, no, mm. I want to live on a farm in the middle of the woods and just be weird. And like, where <laughs> shit, I want to be like the witch. I want people to be like, that lady is terrifying. But when they meet me to be like, oh my God, like, she also gave me this cool, like herbal salve and like, talk to me about psychedelics and periods. And I'm like, that's like my dream. You know, yeah. and I'm like, I don't think I need a million dollars to make that dream happen. Like, seriously, I'll grow my own food. I'll have some farm animals and it'll be great. But mm. what do you say to people who maybe they don't, maybe they've never even dreamed that far ahead. Maybe they don't mm. even like know where to start when well, it comes to rewriting a life. Yeah. Firstly, I'm coming to your farm with my tarot cards on my broomstick. Sounds Please. Brilliant. Oh my God. We'll have a little tiny home shed for you. You can just like stay there. Your dog. Great. Great. Um, and I'll, well, we can do mushrooms and dance around in the moonlight. Sounds brilliant. Perfect. So I think exactly like you've said is having a think about all these things we're told we should want. You know, go hustle. You're not going to make it till you're a millionaire. And if you want to be a millionaire and if that lights your fire, fantastic. Please Great. go for it. No judgment here at all. Um, but I think it's thinking about if money didn't matter to me and if I had time to go and do whatever I wanted to do, what would that be? 
And it might be going and sitting quietly and reading a book somewhere to start off with, because actually there's some books, you know, maybe you've got a bunch of books you've got that you just haven't had time to read. So maybe it's just a bit of extra time. And then I think when you start to allow it to unfold a little bit, you can say, oh, well, actually, I'd quite like to, off the top of my head here, learn to, to do Reiki. So maybe that would be cool. How can I go about doing that? And I think wherever you're at, even if you're in a bit of a stage of, I can't make a complete life change, most of us can't pull the plug and upend our lives and go and do something radically different, unfortunately. But you can start to make little shifts and little changes right now. So let's take that example of, of wanting to spend some more time reading a book. Where could you carve out an hour for yourself where you could take that book you've not read and go and make a start with that? Yeah. Small things. And then from there, I think it once you've done it, then you're like, ooh, I can, I can do that. What could I do next? And I think it's just allowing the path to unfold a little bit if you're not sure. Because I think so many of us are just stuck on the treadmill of go to work, come home, go to work, come home. And especially if people have got, you know, children at home and everything, I mean, it's just exhausting. So it's just carving out a little bit of time to allow a crack to appear for some ideas to come through. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love the whole thinking about, you know, if money weren't, you know, something you had to think about, or even if, you know, responsibilities like the job wasn't something like, what do you want to do? Like if this was, I often say, if this was your very last day on earth, what would make you the happiest? Obviously we know that Emma's going to go swim with some humpback whales. <laughs> um, I'm going to like head to the woods and just like dig a hole and just do weird shit and <laughs> hang out with all of my, my, my dogs and my animals. And, and, and I think what's interesting too, is if what comes up for you is escapism, mm. something that I've realized is that you're probably burnt out. <laughs> yes. I think that's it. Yeah. Like if you really want, and this was me, this was me for so long. I used to fantasize so hard about like going to be a witch in the woods and never seeing another soul. And now, yeah. yes, I still want to go live in the woods, but I want to live in a compound. I want my family to be there. Like we've really adjusted how we want it to be. I no longer feel like I need to never see another human soul. Yes. And I'm like, if you think that like, that's the first thing that comes to you, you're like, I want to never see anyone. Like, okay, that's a great sign that you're stressed and overwhelmed and burnt out. <laughs> Yes, it is. I think that is a great sign that you need to go and be alone in the woods for a while to recuperate, to be quite honest, because I think the only real solution to complete burnout and overwhelm is to take a pause, is to take a break, is to take a rest and to stop. And I know that's very that's that's probably easier if you're in a job where maybe you get sick pay or or what have you or you can get a doctor's note to sign you off that I mean I've been you know a couple of times to the doctor can we give you a note to sign you off I was like yeah you can but my boss is a right bitch so she probably won't let me have the time off and they're like look at you <laughs> um <laughs> so so if you can that's what needs to happen but for for me I ended up with completely burnt out and continued to try and work because, you know, we're working from the paradigm of don't work, don't get paid. Yeah. And I um, was lifting something in my pajamas in the driveway into my car and put my back out. Mm. So the universe literally went, listen, lady, uh, we've been giving you a lot of signs here that you need to stop. So you've not listened. So now we're going to stop you. So I spent three days in hospital, which was an absolute delight. Oh. Uh, not. Um and it was a bit that was a big wake up call for me because it made me realize also 
shit. Uh, my life kind of flashed before my eyes a bit because I thought if I've really done something horrible to my back here, like slipped a disc or what have you, I might not be able to work the same way yeah. again. And then what am I going to do? And I haven't been looking after the earthly vehicle very well. And if I can't, if I'm, if I'm not well, I can't do anything. So it was a real moment of this, this shit has to stop. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you pointed that out too, because you're right. If you don't listen, you're going to, yeah. I like to kind of refer to it as you're, you're on a mountain road and you've got all those signs. It's like, slow down ahead, like super huge turn ahead, like slow the fuck down. And then if you don't read the signs, you're going to plunge off the cliff. Correct. You're going to, you're going to get stopped, but it's not going to be in a way that you really will survive from. And what I think is really interesting too, is, um, just this other notion about when we talk about like figuring out the life you really want to live, mm-hmm. slowing, l- starting to listen to the signs and how healing it can be to take time off. I'd love to kind of pivot into navigating the holidays because mm-hmm. I think that for some people, I'm sure the holidays are incredibly beautiful and they're fun and they're not that stressed, but some folks get so stressed during the holidays. I remember when I was in TV, this is like a huge story we would do. And so if you're someone who finds that holidays really bring that out of you for whatever reason, maybe you feel like you have to have the perfect holiday party. Maybe you feel like you are really stressed because you're about to go visit your family. Like you're, there's many reasons, right? What would you say to those folks when it comes to helping with, you know, maybe just a situationally stressful time? Because we talked a lot about like when life has gotten overwhelming, but you know, after December, um, here in the States, it's like, okay, January, you're pretty much over that little situational stressful time. So what if it's a peak? What if it's a deadline? What if it's the holidays? What can we do for that? So I think uh, there's a there's a bit here about setting boundaries, especially if you're talking about the visiting family bit, is yeah. sometimes, and I find um, if we we go away with, with uh, my partner's family, they all like to be all in the same room, all together, all of the time, which I find really overwhelming. And actually, the last time we were together, I actually said to his mother about it, I find this very difficult because I'm used to spending a lot of time on my own. So I find this hard. And just voicing that, then people don't think you're being weird if you say to them, I just need an hour to go off and do something else. I think it's asking for what you want and what you need. Um, I think especially with family, we often get into people pleasing habits and, and that kind of thing. But it's actually thinking about what do I need? If, if you're feeling overwhelmed and you're about to punch somebody in the face, maybe um, it's, you know, perhaps you just need to take a pause and you need to voice that you're doing that. And if people don't like it, tough shit, quite frankly. So it's but you just it's asking for what you want. I think for business owners, the one thing I have found, I mean, everything stops here literally on about the 8th of December, everybody downs tools for a month here. And year on year, I've kind of backed this up. So I will stop with the photography stuff at the beginning of December. That's it. I just, I don't do, I I had one year where I was delivering stuff on Christmas Eve to people who had been last minute and I'd said, yes, I can do that. Never again. So again, it's a boundary piece of when, when do you stop making sure your customers know when the last orders are And if they haven't got the order in, sorry for you, this is the date and communicating that effectively. I think for people for whom it's just a very, very stressful time, 
it's it's factoring in some of that self-care time, factoring in some time to really learn to, to go and have some moments of calming yourself down. Okay. Again, it's listening to that point where you're hitting the threshold of, of overwhelm is to catch it before it happens and, and, and recognize what you need instead. And I think it's about asking for it. So often we don't, we, we're not honest with other people. And then they're like, why are you being so weird? And it's because we find it hard to voice the fact I need a time out. So if you can be brave and do that, I think it makes life a lot easier if people kind of understand what's going on. Um, yeah. And I think it's just also getting help. If you, if you, if you've got a lot going on is asking for some help. So you're not burdened with trying to sort a whole family lunch out on your own. Who could help you with that? Mm-hmm. Who could share that responsibility with you and make it easier for you? Yeah. Such amazing suggestions. I love all of those. Thank you so much. So how can people learn from you? How can they work with you? What do you have going on? We know you're going to shut down uh, or you're already shut down when this is airing because it's airing in December, although we're we're recording it at the beginning of November. So um, December, maybe not, but like, how can folks work with you and learn from you and connect with you? So I currently at the moment do one-on-one private coaching with with clients. So people can find out about that on my website, which is emmaobriancoach.com. And you can also connect with me on Instagram, which is at Emma O'Brien Coach. I have a couple of free offerings, which you can find on the website. I can also send you the links for those. So I've got um, a four ways to soothe your anxious mind free online workshop, which people might find really useful, especially as we're coming into silly season. And then I've also got a time management masterclass on there as well. For anyone who's listened to this and gone, oh, yeah. Well, time management might be a bit of a problem why I'm overwhelmed. So there are two two things on there that you can um, find just to sort of test the waters and and uh, see how, how I work. Perfect. And you also have a podcast, which I was so happy to be a guest on. So I'll put I a do. link to that too. Thanks very much. Yeah, I've got the Lemons and Pineapples podcast. So uh, Leslie, you and I talked about psychedelics on there. So, uh, so yeah, folks, there's a, a few places you can find me. Wonderful. Well, I'll put all the links in the show notes below. Emma, thank you so much for coming on. This was this was awesome. And I feel like super helpful, not only for myself, but for everybody listening too. Leslie, thank you very much for having me. This has been a really great chat. Um, appreciate your time. Mm. I hope you loved that interview with Emma O'Brien. I really just felt so seen by her in all of the things that she was sharing. And I know that if you're someone who feels like they're busy and stressed out all of the time, then you got a lot from that interview as well. Now, just like she said, she has some amazing links, some freebies, as well as a podcast that you can check out to connect more deeply with Emma. We will put all of the links in the show notes below. You can also always connect with me on Instagram at Leslie Draffin and at the Light Within podcast. Remember to sign up for Holiday Harmony, babe. This is happening on December 4th and we'll offer you some simple somatic practices to help you navigate seasonal stress. There's also a replay available if you can't make that one live as it is happening at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time. Remember to get on the email list as well because that's how you'll get all of the firsthand knowledge of the sanctuary. My super juicy soul-stirring journey back to the wisdom of your own body, which launches in January. I cannot wait for you to join us. Have yourself a wonderful week. Thank you for spending some time with me today. And remember, there's no light without darkness, but there's no darkness without light. I'll see you next time, babe.